Good morning. My name is Helen Arnett, Director of Counseling Services. And on behalf of the Christian Counseling Center, I'd like to extend our heartfelt gratitude, thanks, appreciation for the support over the many, many years. Uh, we are now entering our third decade, and we really need your financial support. A number of you have supported us in a big way, like giving monthly, occasionally, whatever. But because of hard economic times and clients cannot pay the fees, we are really in need of your support. And some of you have come to our aid by cleaning up the property and not charging a fee. We are grateful. We were in need of a cell phone because... Uh, my husband was paying a lot of money on his cell phone because of our clients not having a land phone, and he had to call them on his cell phone. He incurred some expense, so someone was kind enough to purchase a cell phone to assist us recently, and that has cut back a bit bit of our finances. Also, the same individual bought us our books for bibliotherapy. That was a big expense. And that same person came to our aid with a check to defray the cost of our clients who cannot pay a fee. So we are in great need of your support. Also, our staff hasn't had an increment for about six years. The financial committee met a year ago, and they decided that a gift should be given to the staff to help them. Because you know the supermarket prices increase. And with what coming along, the supermarket prices are going up. And what is being blamed? Now the jury is out on that. I'm not sure about it, but I do know we have to pick up all those expenses as a staff. And we, like I mentioned, haven't had an increment for years. After the committee met, they said that we can have this gift but it should be given in transit, but that didn't happen. So we really, really need your prayer, and if you can dig deep into your pockets, or if you can leave a legacy in your will, we really will appreciate it. Because some of our clients have the mindset that we are supported by the government. We are not. We are given no subventions, no gifts from the government, but they do send their people to us. They send them from social services, from the CDU for grief counseling, and we do it. So we really, really need your support. Then I want to address our men, because I do see quite a number of our men. Um, my big concern is our men do not take care of themselves. And when I say that, I want to be very, very cautious. Physically, they don't go to the hospital or a doctor like the women usually do. They put it on hold, and usually in a setting you say, when last have you had your blood pressure taken? And they look at you like you're speaking Greek. Or you say, when last have you gone to the gym or in the park for a walk? They don't do it. They're so busy making dollars or trying to keep things together. They don't even have time for family. And the big issue in our behemoth context, once we lose our families, then all of that response, our 
Rather, uh, men, all of the responsibilities left on the women to run the ship. So we really need you men to take care of yourself, come to counseling, make sure you bear in mind that you are responsible for your health. You are not to push that off on your wife or anyone else. That is your God-given responsibility to take care of yourself, not to go into cardiac denial and say, no, I don't have any problems, or my grandfather, my father lived for 95 years, so I know I'm going to be around for a long time. No, you're responsible before God to be a keeper of your body, which is his temple, particularly if you're a born-again believer. When you look into the book of Solomon, the Shulamite says, they have made me a keeper of the vineyard, but my own vineyard I have not kept, which speaks to our health. It speaks to, I am responsible for my spiritual health, my physical health. I cannot give that responsibility to my wife or my manager or my neighbor. That is my responsibility. It's like looking at the neighbor's garden or the neighbor's house and taking good care of that, but your house is not in order. And I really appreciate what Deacon Craig Noe said last week. We need to get to the dinner table and have that conversation with our wives and with our children. So if God calls us, we leave behind a model that I have been really, really involved in my family. Another issue with our men, they're very depressed, very lonely, and what we saw last year was seven of them died suicide. The Leading method was hanging, followed by firearm. All those men left behind a mother, children, and family. Who takes care of these people? That is another issue that we as a community is concerned is concerned about, and this spills over into the Christian Counseling Center because one of the gentlemen who died was our client. He was married in this church, but a few weeks later, he hung himself. So we are really encouraging you to pray for us that as these people come to us, God will give us the strength to do our work and not only take care of them, but take care of ourselves. Because there's no sense saying, you know, you need to take you, and we don't have time to go on retreats or go on a seminar and upgrade ourselves, or even just personally look into our own lives. So we are asking you to pray for us over there in the Christian Counseling Center. This is your home mission. Yeah, we can send money to Africa or China or wherever, but this is a home-based mission. This is our own little community right over there that we can support. And believe me, we really need your support. So I'm asking you this morning, whatever you can do, do it as unto the Lord, and you can be sure your dollars will be invested wisely. Thank you for your support. God bless you. Shalom. It's only through the cross that we can truly let everything else go and say, Lord, here am I, and he does everything else that needs to be done. I have a perfect example of that this morning. With me here on the 
podium is Drexel Deal. I don't know how many hours I spent with him as a young man. But may I say to you, I do not recall if he said 10 words in all of the sessions that I try to have with him. But I'm going to let him tell you this morning what happens when he let go. Something that we prayed about over and over. I remember saying to him on several occasions, God has a plan for your life, and the plan that he has is good. I don't know if he remembered that or not, but we prayed for him. I visited him in hospital, prayed with him there, my wife visited him in prison and we made it a matter of prayer for this young man. And there's one thing I can say, God is still in the prayer answering business. He wrote a book, The Fight of My Life is Wrapped Up in My Father. They are out front for sale, and I was made to understand that he is writing a second book. But you will have to read it to appreciate it. But I'm going to let him share a little bit about his life. Brother Dean. Uh, just before he begin, um, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to ask questions after he's through. Thank you. We had a genuine love for each other, and we love being around each other. And in the gang was where I felt love. Those words were quoted by a former death row inmate of Her Majesty Prison, Mr. Troy Lines, who was the first gang member from the Rebellion Raiders to be convicted for murder. I was asked by Pastor Annette to take 10 minutes and speak to fathers about the important roles they play in the lives of their children. Now to get started, let's establish a fact of life, better yet, a biblical fact. If you could please turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6, let us see what the Bible has to say about fathers. Again, that's Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6. And I'll be quoting from the New King James Version of the Bible. It states, Children's children are the crown of old men. Now here's the part we want. And the glory of children is their fathers. To put it this way, fathers, you are not only a child's provider and protector, but more importantly, you are their hero. In the lives of your young children, you are larger than life itself. And what you say is the gospel in their ears. Now, here's the problem we face as a country. With more than 75% of children born outside of wedlock each year in the Bahamas, the majority of our children are without their hero. The individuals whose lives have the greatest chance of influencing their young lives are not there. Instead, they are fatherless. It was Richard Carlson, Ph.D., the author of the book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, who stated, 
Sometimes the best way to understand something of value is to study its absence. This is exactly what my book is all about, which is entitled, The Fight of My Life is Wrapped Up in My Father. It is the study of the negative aftermath of absentee fathers in the Bahamas. Having grown up without a father, I now realize through my research and interviews with former gang leaders, drug dealers, and death row inmates that we all shared a common bond of neglect, rejection, and fatherlessness. Thus, in our quest to be loved, accepted, and appreciated, we created a world of our own. A world of criminality and tyranny, but in that world we found love. In my interview with the late George Markey, the former representative for the historic Foxhill community, he said to me, the gangs fill a void in society, and the void was the absence of family life. Mr. Markey's remarks are also supported by the former leader of the Rebellion Raiders, who goes by the street name Scrooge, whom I dubbed to be the godfather of street gangs in the Bahamas, simply because he took 13 seemingly unpretentious young men and grew them into thousands. And one of the largest street gangs ever within the history of the Bahamas. In my interview with him, he said to me, I came from as low as one can come, with no mother and no father. So in return, I built a family for myself. And these fellas were part of my family, so I had to look out for them as if I was looking out for my children. It was through my research and interviews I was able to discover the three main things that the rebellions did which allowed them to grow into one of the largest gangs within the English-speaking Caribbean. These are three essential needs that we didn't get from the home. We didn't get them from our fathers, but we got them from the leaders of the rebellion raiders. And here they are. Support, identity, on approval. So let us see how the rebellions put these three things into practice because there's no doubt in my mind that there's a lesson here for us fathers. The first thing is support. In my interview with Scrooge, he stated the groups in different areas that was affiliated with us knew one thing for sure, and that is they can trust and respect the base. When you look at it, people want to know that they have someone in their corner for the voice. If they got into a situation that was above their heads, they know that we will come down to them, hang with them, wait on their problems with them, and deal with it for them. This is why they respected the E Street fellas, because the E Street fellas always proved themselves to be a real backup. The second thing is identity. To show how identity is important in the lives of young people, when the name Raiders was picked up, the gang became known as the Rebellion Raiders. This also brought with it a dress code, which was the wearing of the Los Angeles Raiders clothing. Now, this is when the gang really exploded in numbers, because we now had an image of manhood, one in which we never had before in our lives. It was the U.S. Congressman Dave Reichert who stated, Gang violence in America is not a sudden problem. It has been a part of urban life for years, offering an aggressive definition and identity to those seeking a place to belong. The rebellions was not the first gang in the Bahamas, but it was the first one to come up with the wearing of a popular sports logo. As a result of that, other neighborhoods also give birth to their own gangs, using sporting logos as their official colors and gang names. For example, out of Camp Road came the Hoyas Bulldogs. The Coconut Grove area took on the name Nike, 
which also became their clothing of choice. Miami Street added the name Hurricanes, and they wore the Miami Hurricanes clothing. And I could go on listing more. However, when you look at it closely, due to the lack of involved fathers, a lot of us got this false sense, the false image of manhood from the gangs in which we were a part of. Yes, we knew what we were doing was wrong, and it would prove to be bitter for some of us like myself who became disabled, not to mention those who were killed as a result of the life that we were living. Yet we found in each other what we were searching for. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 7, it states, When you are full, you will refuse honey. But when you are hungry, even bitter food tastes sweet. The third thing that we got from the gangs, which we are unable to get from our fathers, was acceptance and approval. To show how, the, to show how acceptance and approval was used uh, through the East Street Wars, in my interview with Scrooge, he said, the gangs also, during those East Street Wars, the gangs also grew as well. The individuals who were in, the young fellows who were inside watching TV realized that the action movies that they were watching on the inside were actually happening on the outside. So they came out of their homes to join the front because even though we were firing real guns, it was all a game for most of us. When you look at it carefully, it was through these dangerous and violent behaviors that we were able to gain the acceptance, approval, and respect from our peers. Therefore, it goes without saying that involved fathers are God's antidote against youth rebellion. It was the African slave Frederick Douglass who stated more than 150 years ago, the thing worse than rebellion is the thing that caused rebellion. Thus, the thing that was worse than the rebellion raiders was the thing that brought about the rebellion raiders. Absentee fathers. During my last interview with Scrooge, who's now serving a nine-year prison sentence for attempted murder, he gave me an assignment by saying to me in a stern voice, for every young man you talk to, tell them to take care of their children. Because when they take care of their children at the end of the day, their children will take care of them. One of the greatest disservice that a man can do to himself is to turn his back on his children. Because when he turns his back on his children, he's actually turning his back on his future. His senior years would not be golden, rather, they would be rotten. Let me just say this to you fathers. Your children will move the world for you in your later years when you would have meant the world to them in their early years. So how do we get to that place in our children's heart where we mean the world to them? It's through one simple word, and let me spell it out for you. T-I-M-E. According to Dr. Anthony P. Bethan, he stated, children spell love time. To better bring home this point, let's go back to Troy Lines, the former death row inmate whom I quoted in the beginning. Here's what he had to say about the leaders of the rebellion raiders. I used to feel good in their presence. I used to feel wanted in their presence. I used to feel appreciated in their presence. In their presence, you could sit down and talk and you can feel that they appreciated you. 
How are you doing in this area, fathers? Do you make your children feel wanted in your presence? Do you make them feel appreciated in your presence? Or are they running away from your presence? Scrooge would go on to confirm Troy's point by asking me in my intuit him, do you know why fellas like hanging around me? It's because I made them feel appreciated and respected. If you were a scary fella but you were good at stealing cars, then be good at that. Because that is where your respect is coming from. In closing, Pastor Anit, through my research and interviews, I've come to appreciate that our children's hope, dreams, and futures are all tightly wrapped up in us as fathers. Thank you.